0: Welcome to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and today I am so delighted to welcome as my guest, Tom Perrone. Tom, welcome to my show.
1: Meredith, thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure and my honor to be here.
0: Well, Tom, you are a wealth of, of business acumen, and I can't wait to dive into it. Let me first introduce you to my audience so they will learn more about you and see why I'm so excited to talk with you today. First, though, I want to give a shout out to Mary Simon our wonderful colleague who introduced the two of us. Right. And because of her, I've met so many other people because Tom is an amazing connector. And my network has been expanded with some just amazing individuals because of him and Mary Simon. So just had to give a shout out to Mary. Well,
1: Mary, Mary Simon and you were in my Fab Four group. So we <laughs> all know. You. We all know our age with the fab four was. <laughs> uh, so. yeah, thank That's you.
0: great. Well, yes. Speaking of age, Tom's been in the financial planning business since 1970. So yes, Tom, we are colleagues mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's passionate about helping small business owners. He just lights up talking about them and we're going to explore why he has that passion today He's developed ongoing planning strategies to help his clients hold on to their wealth, avoid financial landmines, and lower their taxes, something all of us as business owners aspire to do. He's the founder of New England Consulting Group of Guildford, or as he calls it, NECGG Inc., and the Business and Personal Benefit Planning Group. And Tom is also the host of Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. He started it to help small business owners, giving them specific strategies and tips. And I've been a guest on his show, and I highly recommend you subscribe to it. He's a fantastic host. And Tom is also the author of a new book for business owners, which I have right here. It's called Unlocking Your Business's DNA, Cracking the Code to a Better Business, Bigger Profits, and More Time on the Beach. And one of the things that is so amazing about Tom is how much time he is able to take off from work. And we're going to explore that because I know, Tom, that so many of my listeners work long hours because they are their business. They're a consultant, they're a coach, a service professional who's often the one delivering the services. So it can be a challenge for them to take off. But before we jump into that, let's back up and start by talking about how you came to acquire your specialty. What is that? And also why you decided to write your book.
1: Two real good questions. Um, And prior to July, I wouldn't have thought of one last July. I wouldn't have thought of of those passions. But uh, Bill Doerr, our friend, uh, suggested I write a book. He knew a little bit more about my background. Um, So I I, I started to do that. I said, Well, okay. And as I wrote the book, I kind of realized why I was writing the book and why I had such a strong passion. And in the book, it talks about uh, when I, I came into the insurance business in 1970, six months after I came in, my father died at 51, owning a very successful business and within three years, that business was sold for pennies on a dollar. And I, I didn't know enough to help him at that point. I was too new in my business. I was a young kid right out of college. And um, I, I said, gee, this should not happen to any family because we, we work too hard as business owners. But what really got me was to watch my, uh, my 49-year-old mother at the time, who was now a widow, who, if you, if you know Italian Italians, they love to feed everybody. And yes, the plastic was on the couch after 30 years. What my mother loved was having all the kids in, in the neighborhood to feed them and let them hang in the house. And, and I, she lost that because she had to sell her house and move on to rent. And that was a sad, that, that was the one gift she had. Anyways, it motivated. And I, as I started to write more and more in the book, I realized um, the impact I had with business owners and that what I had is what I used in my own practice. And I grew a multi-million-dollar planning practice, but I only would see clients on 80 days a year because I was very passionate about spending time with my family and not missing baseball games, school meetings, and I just enjoyed it. So I found a way. That's pretty much it. And um, through that book, actually, I realized I had a stronger passion uh, than I thought I did, but I really did. I have a strong passion so that business owners don't lose what they spend so much time building. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And they do. They don't. There's a right now, there's about only 17% of the small business owners have a transition plan in place. and. Uh, And there's millions of small business owners. So,
0: yeah, that's such a tiny percentage. And one of the things you emphasize is this idea of when you start your business, you need to be thinking long term down the road about that, which when you're initially starting it, and I can remember from many years ago, you're just trying to get it off the ground. You're not thinking that far ahead. But one of the things that I really loved about your book is you simplify everything. You know, you don't have this overly complicated system. In fact, you like having things on a single sheet, right? And yeah. so talk a little bit about that. First, explain what do you mean by business DNA? And then what, what, the, give us the details about your one page blueprint
1: solution. Good, two good questions. Business DNA. Every entrepreneur has a business DNA because they're entrepreneurial. In other words, it's the wiring in your in your mind and your, your nerve endings, your the way you think about a vision in the future. You may not have defined it totally, but there's something leading you down a path and you instinctively make decisions to go right or left in these paths all the time, every day. The problem is these DNA uh, auto type reactions are suppressed because business owners spend too much time working in their business, touching the widgets and making them and doing this and not enough time on their business where they're backing off and thinking about the details that really make up the true value of the business down the road. So I teach my business owners, how to get to that DNA level. And I do it in simplicity and two hours a month. That's all I need from them. So they have the rest of the month to work on their business or in their business. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It is a mindset, but you, you need to have the focus, which is the DNA part of business. You can't have one with, you can't be in operations and not, be thinking of working on your business to be successful. They both have to be together. And unfortunately, too many business owners are always working in their business.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Until there's a fire. until it's critical. Then it's too late.
0: Well, talk a little bit about this one page blueprint because it's very enticing. I know for me, and I'm sure for my listeners to think about, gosh, I can simplify this to a single page. What are the things that need to go on that page for it to be an effective blueprint?
1: Well, I have a wealth of knowledge in planning, but that doesn't make me uh, good, bad, or different. What's what talent I do have, though, is I have the ability to look at all these complicated routes and paths they can go and bring it down to its ne- its simplest and most critical path. In other words, a business owner might have 30 problems out there, but right now he may only have to deal with two or three of them. So let's deal with one at a time, get it done like a task. Let's get this done. Might take us three months. Well, we'll then we'll move on the next one. Instead of trying to look at everything and trying to get it all at one time, you can't do that. So I like to keep things very simple. And, um, you know, if you can take something complicated and make it simple, that's genius, because that's what it takes. And it's not all that complicated. The attorneys make it, a, <laughs> the attorneys seem to make it complicated. But I tell them, please keep it simple. And, that, and, and people respond when they can understand something. If they don't understand it, And finance and planning is confusing. But if they don't understand it, they just turn off. They're not going to listen. They're not going to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. What are some ways that you guide, (coughs) excuse me, guide, (coughs) sorry, how you guide someone to identify what is that first thing they should focus on? What's the criteria?
1: Yeah, I have a nice little system. Very quickly, when I, if someone called me and said, I want to talk to you. The first thing I do is take them, I have them do my one minute scorecard and it's 10 questions. They give me enough feeling for where they're, where they're strong, where they're weak. And then we, we have a, maybe a, a half hour discussion about that and how they feel about it. And there's no cost to that, I just how I communicate with them. And then if they say, well, you know, I really need to go deeper than this because this is upsetting to me that I'm weak in these areas. But what I do then is I use, uh, over the years, I've used video training where I have a a series of videos that are three to five to 10 minutes long of training. So what I'll do is I'll have the client for a month just listen to the three or four videos that I want them to be educated on. And by the time we meet the following month, they have a very good knowledge of planning. Now what we do is we, I have 15 to 20, what I call one page issues, and we go through them on a video and they kind of look at it and say, Hey, out of those 15 or 20, I see three that I really got to take care of. And then we hone in on one of the three and we start the process. So it's very simple. They do it. They basically do it in their home because they don't want me hanging around all the time. Mm -hmm. And if the videos are nice because if they didn't get something, they can go back and listen to them and say, oh, that's what he meant again, or call me or whatever it might be. So I make the process uh, painless, and it doesn't consume time. And I think that's where I get the, 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 the response.
0: You know, that makes so much sense because when someone is busy delivering the services, as you say, working in their business... It, I could imagine one of the reactions or objections you get is, <clears throat> "I don't have time to work on it. I'm too busy trying to make money in it." What's your response to that?
1: Well, uh, the the real issue is that working on your business creates more wealth than working in it. An example I use the term the maximum potential value of your business can end up being much more than the amount of money you've taken out in salary over the years. But to get that, you need to work on your business. So there's gold in those hills if you just spend two hours a month. Um, Because without it, I mean, it's, it's like when someone says, when should I start thinking about transition? And I said, the day you bought your business or you started it is the day you start thinking about Selling it, it may not happen for thirty years, and what I mean by that is there's so many strategies to grow your business, but they take time,
0: mm-hmm. and you can't
1: if you wanted to sell your business in two years, it may be too late to get the maximum potential value because you didn't put the systems that took maybe five or six or ten years to do
0: Mhm and you know i <clears throat> I know how key systems are in a business, so Give us examples of some of the kinds of systems that you see making the biggest difference for people. Once they put them in, it's like, you know, so much more time becomes available for them.
1: The the first thing I try to teach them to do is to delegate. We all have egos, some big, some little, some no one could do it better than me. Mm -hmm. But if you don't start getting into... cutting down to your top three tasks instead of 15 or 20, and hiring the right people to do it. And that takes a while, you got to find the right people. You'll never grow your business. And you'll work 80 hours. A week. I had a client who once time said, I take a half a million dollars out of my business a year, I could sell this business tomorrow. And I said, No, you can't because no one wants to work 80 hours a week or maybe longer like you do to get the half a million. So you have a job, but you don't have a business to sell because he didn't delegate. Mm -hmm. But if he only worked 20 hours a week and was making a half a million and had people doing these things, he'd have have a very, very, very valuable business. Mm -hmm. That's a
0: very important distinction. That So delegating is is one. What are some of the other systems? And by the way, before we move from delegating, you really, I think you're referring to either hiring full-time employees or contracting out certain functions, correct?
1: Yeah, any way you can get it off your plate and (laughs) get it to someone who does it really good. uh, uh, Janine Bolin is a, a pro at this. Every time I refer someone to do her podcast, I get these two brownies. I'm putting on weight knowing her for crying out loud, but she sends me these brownies. Well, I know they're coming from a fulfillment center, but she's the master of this. She's fantastic, right? Yeah, it's get this off the plate because I got three things in my head right now that I, I'm i good at and I want to do that and ultimately teach someone how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right now I have to do it, but these other 15 things, Somebody else can do them better than me. You got to have that mindset.
0: So besides delegating, what are some of the other systems that need to be put in place?
1: Documentation. You can't keep it up here. It's got to be in some playbook because you might get in an accident tonight and they'd show up for a week or uh, walk walk out on life tomorrow. So where's all the documentation? A uh, key man, a key person, a key group. Next level management, you need to start developing people that would run your business. I worked 80 days a year. I had really good staff that never quit. They stayed with me for years. I could walk out and never feel I missed a beat. You need to do that. If you really want to enjoy having fun, build a business and really a sellable business, you need to have a key structure, someone in there a group in there that you treat really well. And if you have to pay him more money, pay him more money. But um, having time, Joe, my nephew, Joe, is a perfect example. He runs two businesses with his partner. He averages 17 hours a week working and he coaches when he wants to. He learned that from me. Um, So he's a good student, but my point is he's running two businesses that have 18 to 20 people there. And he's working 17 hours a week. So I always say to people, Meredith, if you don't believe me, try taking uh, two days off a week for 30 days, see how it changes your life. And there's a reason for that too. Um, it's, It's more productive taking off than you can believe. And I'll share this with you. When I started taking time off to be with my children, Uh, It wasn't, and it's in the book, within a very short period of time, I realized, even though I wasn't in my office or thinking about anything, that the ideas that I had, maybe six months to a year, are starting to come into real vision play. And I had the answers to them, and I could see the path, and I can say, if I did A, B, and C, look what happens to D, where working, working in my business, I didn't have the focus, and when I was relaxed... So the more time I took, the more money I made. True.
0: It's, a, it's such a good lesson and important point because so many of us, I will put myself in there, you know, that are involved in, in working, working. I find you're so right. When we take time to slow down and really think about and work on the business Instead of doing, doing, doing all the time, it makes insights, ahas, more possible and more likely.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So
0: I, I'm, and I have talked to your wonderful nephew, you, Joe. I just love him. And he is exactly what you said, working a smaller number of hours. And you think, wow, two businesses. And yet he's done exactly what you prescribe, which is, bringing on someone who's a really good operations person who's managing you know, the day-to-day of the business so that he can feel free to pursue those bigger ideas and, and spend time with his family. I, yeah. So I think he's a great example of showing, hey, this really works. It's not just Tom, but other people that you've influenced have been able to adopt these same at, it's really attitude to start with right you have to believe this is possible
1: yeah and you know what short of being a surgeon on t- on call 24/7 not knowing when you're getting a call you know business isn't that complicated you know everybody has business hours when it's it's in your mindset and sometimes it's ego if I'm not here it's not running well well chances are it will mm-hmm. um, I mean, maybe we, well, I don't know. Some people just think they have to be there. And I think if you can change that mindset and just test it out, your life will be, I call it the ideal business and personal life. And I call it your destiny path because why do we work so hard? We want to, we want to build financial security. We want our families to be safe. We want to, we want to grow up with our kids We want them, my kids, I have five kids and they remember kids' night. Now they're in their forties now, but they remember a couple of times a night, pop took them out for a donut or the library or whatever. They were kids. They love, they bring it up today. I can't remember half the things we did, but they remember it. So that's the Mm -hmm. important thing in life, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. So when you ask business owners to give you two hours a month, What is it you are wanting, expecting them to do? Um,
1: I expect them to listen to me and get their ego out of the way, or we don't have a relationship because I know the path I can take them. And if they follow what I tell them to do, which is very simple, within six months to a year, they'll be on 80% of their track to build their business. And it's not complicated. It's really commitment. That's all. And I've made my process so simple to use. Um, And it's nothing different, Meredith, that I didn't do for myself. Mm -hmm. This really, this process happened because. I realized by reading as a young man, I remember my father died. I had no support group. I, and I didn't make money for eight years in my business. I was good at it, but I just couldn't make any money. But I, I was an athlete and I was too stupid to quit. Of course, my family, Italians don't quit. You have to stay with it. You know, it's like the old story. If you start the violin and you don't like it, you better continue until the end of the course. Right. Um, But somehow or another, through reading, very motivated people. Um, I, I learned that I, I took on full responsibility and I learned the, the, the ways of having a process. And Wayne Cotton is one of my biggest mentors out of Canada. Uh, he kind of, he said, listen, if you have a problem, create a process, you won't have a problem anymore. And I lived by that. And Mm. I did.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, when you think about um, some of the business owners, and you've talked and worked with so many over the years, um, just to kind of help my listeners accelerate their own learning and their own um, development, what are some of the things that you found it? necessary to help them break through whether it was beliefs they had or behavior patterns they were engaged in that got in their way or get in their way what what are the things you have consistently found over time you've needed to help them address
1: um the big thing is delegating and and having confidence in other people and i i'm a big person to ask why you know, why for the, what, you know, that kind of thing, you know, why are you doing this? And, um, when they can't find the answer, um, you know, then they start looking at me, uh, uh, seriously, you know, um, and I like assessments. I like to give short assessments. I have a scorecard. Then I have the assessment, which is a little bit longer, still only takes less than five minutes. Um, and I think those are the reality when the business owner has to ask himself a question. And if he was truthful with himself, it's not something he'd want to answer because he wouldn't like the answer. Mm-hmm. Then, then I have this attention. Um, but uh, I've learned over the years that um, we need to have the, the clients have to have uh, get rid of their ego at the door to grow. Mm -hmm. otherwise it doesn't work
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well and you know ego exerts itself in so many different ways (laughs) whether it's nobody else can do it as well as i can that whole issue around delegating or trusting others you know it's that whole there's a combined number of things there uh well you know thinking about some of the other points in your book this, you emphasize really taking a long-term view, which I like. Um, you talk about exit planning, and I'd love for you to describe more about what does that mean to you, when you with that phrase? And then also, how does someone prepare for that? What, what does that really look like for them to
1: yeah. do? Exit planning uh, is a a generic term, but what it really means is that we all as business owners at some point at death, disability, or retirement, we're going to leave our business at some point. Mm -hmm. And is the, is the business in a position to be sold for its maximum potential value? And there's, eight or nine value drivers that you needed to have in play for you to maximize it. Now, if, if I'm starting a business and I'm 45 years old and I don't plan on selling it until I'm 70, well, that's fine. But what happens if you, you got sick 10 years from now and you couldn't run your business and you didn't do anything, you didn't do any planning, you just ran your business. Well, you just left an awful lot of wealth in that business that your family will never see because it'll be lost mm-hmm. I always tell business owners you you put too much wealth in your business you need to get it outside your business but you need to build in your business these uh, these, Uh, Strategy so that when you do go to market, whether it be your people buying it from you, whether it be an outside or your competition, that is its true value and you're rewarded for all of this work. Um, So it really starts early. And to start early, you need to really know what to start doing. And that takes planning. Um, I, I often tell business owners too, Uh, no one has guarantees on life. You could have a very successful business, but like my father who dropped dead of a heart attack at 51, he didn't expect that, nor did his family. And guess what happened? And that's in that book. That's why I wrote that book. Mm -hmm. So uh, it pays attention to start planning just like you. You know, Meredith, it's no different than if you have a home and you love your home, but you know, someday you're going to sell it because you don't need the size. Well, you know, you try to keep your home up to date all the time because you never know who's going to knock on the front door and say, I want to buy it. Well, you want the greatest value you can at that time. But you didn't expect to sell it, right? Same thing with a business. And I just train them what to look for. And I have a team. I have a team of specialists from uh, attorneys, CPAs, and valuation peoples and coaches that can help I had those tools for them. So.
0: That's, that's something you do bring up in the book that I think is so important. You talk about the members of a team and, and the role that each of them um, plays. And I think that's, that's really valuable. I, I found the book overall so helpful because it does cause you, even though I've been in business many years, it still causes you to think about what do I need to change about how I'm operating today so that we get that maximum value at whatever point in time we would want to exit the business. And I think it's so important to understand and agree with, I think, having or incorporate that element into your perspective about your business. Because if you're just like you're saying, working in the business all day, every day, and you don't get your head up and out to take a look around and look at the bigger picture, then you pay a price down the road in terms of valuation. I think your home analogy is a very good one.
1: Yeah, it it, it truly is is correct. You know, let's come back to that team. In the book, I was talking about how I would present to the business owner these wonderful strategies that made the most amount of sense. And they'd say no, because the leader of the team uh, is always the CPA. Now that doesn't mean the CPA is a good CPA, but the business owner relies on that CPA. So I learned that if I could gather the CPA, the attorney, and the other advisors in a room and say, "Hey, you know, you know, check your egos at the door. I, I don't have to sit at the head of the table, but let's talk about what we're all doing for Mister Business Owner, so we can put a plan together together." And, and do the most efficient and uh, effective plan for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Once I
1: started doing that, the business owner would listen to my strategies. You know, it got an okay from the CPA. Or if there was something that the CPA didn't, I can fine tune it. But we did more to help the business owner than we did to help anybody else on the team. Mm-hmm. So I think teamwork is good. Um and I and again I, what I'm finding uh, too, which is very interesting. I I'm, I have my podcast uh, uh, give out the book that I have to their closest business owners. I'm getting a lot of people calling me about talking about the book because finally they're picking up and reading certain chapters and realizing, hey, I didn't do any of this. I didn't. So if you if any of your listeners want the book, I'll send them an ebook free.
0: Oh, well, that is such a generous offer. We'll be sure and put that on the show notes page. But before we wrap up, I want to just ask you to talk a little bit about what's unique about what you offer from your client's perspective. Why do they choose to work with you?
1: 50 years of experience. Um, I'm very easy to work with. I um, I really am. I, I like working with me. I, I am really easy. Um I'm very bright. I know I study, I, and I say that in a humble way. I, I, I read, I don't read novels. I don't read this. I read about my business. I read about taxes. I read about strategies. So I'm very much aware of it and I've put it into play for 50 years where I, I built up a great business able to the point of doing what I want to do in life. I don't worry about any other issues. Um, and I've been able to keep it, um, Uh, very simple easy way for them to do it and the fact that I don't work with a lot of people anymore like I used to makes it even more effective so I think the people that hire me and engage me uh, do it because they realize that if they listen to me it'll get done rather than going down a, a a path and, and dropping everything because it's too hard to do. And that happens all the, you know, there's a lot of people walking around that went to the attorney to get a will and a trust and never came back to sign those documents. There's tons of them. And that's the same thing with business owners. They, they got so far, they got busy and they didn't complete their plan. So consequently they have a plan by default and not a plan by design. I get them to the plan by design. I do.
0: That's, that's awesome. And so I would love to have you share. Um, I know we talked a little bit about Joe, but give me an example of another success story of one of your clients. What were they struggling with before you worked with them? How did you help them? And then what was the benefit afterwards?
1: I I think of uh, one particular client who, uh, Called me up and said, my key man is uh, keeping me hostage. And I said, what do you mean? Well, here's the story. They did exactly what I told them to do, to get a key man in. And they, the brothers were taking a lot of time off now because this other person was running the business. Well, he was running it so good, he not only knew the business better than the owners, he knew the client base better than the owners. Second, and thirdly, the client base represented about 80% of the business represented one client, uh-huh. which I didn't realize till afterwards. Well, what happened was um, uh, he uh, basically uh, told them that he wanted more money or he was going to leave. And they said, well, you know, you go, we don't care. And I said, bad move because he's going to go and bring the secrets. He's going to bring competition to your one client who gives you 80% and a a lot of it. So I said, look, here's what you got to do. You got to give them more money and then put in place um, different documents, non-competent clause, uh, um, uh, other clauses that say you can't, uh, solicit our employees and protect yourself because you did not do this, and he really could do he could damage you. And after they did that, they realized, Okay, we feel better now, we'll pay him more because he's really running the business. They were still taking a lot out, but they weren't showing up for work. So sometimes it's hard to look at your business, you just think it's gonna but really, these people running the business that are their key people, you got to be careful that they don't become the competitors. Mm
0: -hmm. You
1: know, so that was one particular one, you know, and the other one I was telling you about was the person making a lot of money thinking his business was worth a lot more and not realizing he had a great job, but he didn't have a business, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, so. And there's many, many, many reasons why. Uh, I I find that uh, I, I can't tell you how many people I do work with. And I find that they started to have a buy and sell agreement 15 or 20 years ago. They haven't updated that agreement to show that. So if one of their partner dies, I say to them, who's going to be your partner tomorrow? Your partner's spouse or your partner's spouse's law firm? because this is all incomplete. There's no formal contract here Mm -hmm. and there's a lot out there. So those little things make all the difference in the world, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. each one of those is such an important, uh, point. Um, as we wrap up, I would love to have you share anything else that maybe was important for you to bring to my listeners that I haven't asked you about.
1: Um, I think to your listeners, um, you, we could all be coachable. I'm 72 years old and I'm always being coached and learning more. And just remember, your, uh, your business is like your baby. It's your, like your child. We put a lot of time and effort into it. And to listen to people bring different points of view about your business future isn't a bad thing. But I would really say that people should start to think of, and I say people, I mean business owners, really start to think about allocating time to working on their business and not just in it. It's very, very critical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if they read that book, if they got the ebook, they would really enjoy. A lot of it, because each chapter, yeah, each chapter, you could pick it up in any chapter and read it and you'll learn something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's I go true. through a, in the last chapter, I go through something that's helped me quite uh, quite a bit over the years to make decisions. And I learned it from Brian Tracy and it was a two minute drill to come up with great ideas. I share that. I share how to co- uh, compartmentalize your, your time e- each week so that you know what you're going to do, and when not to do it. So I share all that stuff in there. And it's, it's really good stuff. Hey, listen, I'm living the life, I wouldn't trade my life with anybody. I'm very, very happy. All right. So there's something to it anyways, but read the book, I'd be more than happy to send anybody. Right.
0: <clears throat> so tell us again, Tom, how can people get a copy of your book? I know we'll have um, a link on the show notes page where they can go to your website, I assume, or do you have an email address you'd yeah. like them to send? Yeah,
1: they can go to Amazon and they can get the Kindle for $3. The paperback is $9 um, and all profits go to Wounded Warrior. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. If I, I'll, I'll make available for the first 10 people an ebook because I don't want to leave my profits to Wounded Warriors sitting on the table. Sure. The first 10 people that email me, if they just email me asking for the book, um, I'll send them a link and they can get the book and I'll make, i actually, I'll make 20 available. How's that? That's, That's great. One, right? That's uh, great. Uh, but uh, if they want the paperback, they can go and get it uh, at Amazon for $9. But again, Wounded Warriors is a big thing.
0: Do you want to share your email address here in case sure. somebody's listening to it on an application or platform that doesn't have your email address handy?
1: Yeah, uh, it's T-P-E-R-R-O-N-E, that's T Perone at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C, Nancy, Edward, Charles, George, George, dot com.
0: Great. Thank you, Tom. And how can people connect with you and learn more about your services besides reading
1: your book? Yeah, if they just email me and say, send me some stuff, I'll send them some stuff and they can uh, enjoy it and go from there. I got a, a bunch of business kits for free. I've got a bunch of white papers I can make available to them, whatever they want. I got a lot of stuff.
0: Yes. And I will say Tom is very generous. He loves Uh, he's like me. We just love learning and getting new ideas and he shares them freely. So I recommend getting on his newsletter too, because he's always sending out information about new things that he's learned. So Tom, thank you so much for being with me today and sharing with my audience, all of your own lessons learned over the years and the wisdom you've acquired. I love how you show up in the world and the service you focus on providing to others.
1: And Meredith, you've been so kind to me. And I tell you, every day I look for your posts and you, uh, you're sharing some wonderful knowledge and I'm very honored to be on your podcast. And thank you very much.
0: Well, it's been my honor to have you as a guest. Thank you, Tom.
1: You're welcome, Meredith.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the strong for performance podcast. Now head over to GrowStrongLeaders.com slash free and grab our ebook Listen Like a Pro. You'll find out how to connect on a deeper level with the people who matter to you. And while you're there, check out our two books, Connect with Your Team and Peer Coaching Made Simple. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell.